You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast. so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. Continuing our uh, coverage of Spawn on our road to Spawn 300 Roundtable at FanQuest Comics and Games, we are going to do a challenge. We're going to do a little bit of a different challenge this week with uh, Chris and myself. We're going to try and do... uh, I have a a separate challenge from him, and he has a separate challenge from me, but they're both going to be related back to Spawn. Yeah, we're going to give you guys a buffet style of uh, choices here and things to talk about today. So yeah, we're going we're gonna to put ourselves to the test with what we are knowing and learning about the man called Spawn. That's right. We Last week we did a 101 on Al Simmons, Spawn himself, and uh, this week we'll, we'll, we'll be challenging ourselves to uh, be creative with the with the character. Um, but before we get to that, as always... I mean, I, as you might notice, uh, Ralph is not here with us this week, but uh, uh, he will be back next week for the roundtable. He's doing extensive research into Spawn. <laughs> he's actually uh, made it into the Image Universe, and uh, <laughs> he's actually made it into one of the Rings of Hell, and he's uh, <laughs> interviewing people on what it, what it is to be a Hell Spawn. I can't wait to see his YouTube video. <laughs> he makes amazing either. stuff. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and get into that spinner rack, and we're going to talk after that. Maybe we can talk about a little bit of uh, some D twenty three announcements because that's kind of interesting. Marvel's blowing your mind. <laughs> okay, well, let's see. It's Wednesday, the best day of the week, and we are at our LCS, our local comic shop. Let's see what's out there. Action Comics 1014 is out. This will continue on quite a few things, but mainly falling under the Year of the Villain Dark Gifts banner. Uh, right on the cover, we see Superman and Lex Luthor fighting, and Luthor has his new Martian powers, so this is going to be really interesting. Um, I haven't really followed the, spy- or the Superman books recently, but it is kind of exciting to see that vastness that's going on with the main DC universe. Uh, we also have Batman Curse of the White Knight issue two of eight. That's right. Cur- uh, Batman. Um, oh, my God. I just lost the title of the first one. 
Uh, uh, just White Knight. White Knight, yeah. Okay. Batman White Knight. That was an amazing... Uh, basically, I would say it's probably the first Elseworlds of the post-Rebirth era, just they don't have that banner. That's true. I didn't think uh, about it that way. Yeah. It's definitely I mean, one of those like off tales. But then they tales. also didn't call it Black Label because they hadn't started calling it so so Black, Black Label yeah, yet. So it was just fun stuff to do. Um, but anyways, I am so glad uh, Sean Murphy has been killing it. This thing is beautiful looking. Wait, would you consider Earth 2 out of the New 52 uh, book uh, Elseworld? No, I wouldn't because, because with that one, because it's like supposed to be like that multiverse mainstream continuity. Uh-huh. So I wouldn't necessarily say that. It, I mean, because you're right in the fact that, well, it's another world and it's different tales, but those weren't like, you know, like there was a version of Alan Scott and then this was a different version of Alan Scott. Mm. That was the main Alan. What about Injustice? I mean, that's kind of... Oh, that's definitely, yeah. Well, that's okay. Elseworld. So I'm safe just because I said post-rebirth. That's why. <laughs> was that... Oh, that's that's New 52, huh? Yeah, because Injustice... That did came out in New Injustice 52. is what saved me for staying for new comics. That's with, true. Because, yeah, when New 52 was out there, I was kind of like, ah, there's some good stuff, but <laughs> yeah, thank God for Injustice, which sounds weird to say. Yeah. But this is a Spawn episode, so maybe it's okay to say. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But anyways, yeah, this uh, Curse of the White Knight, uh, I unfortunately haven't read the first issue yet, but the visuals coming out are amazing. Uh, the basic cover on this one just has Wayne Manor. Uh, just, I love the way he stylizes everything, but then he's got a giant Asriel standing guard with a sword and a machine gun. So this is just crazy looking stuff. I mean, this is if you're fans of like the Michael Keaton, Tim Burton Batman films and Batman the Animated Series, this is the book for you. Like that, just oh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. So, anyways, go buy three copies because you can. <laughs> uh, Batman Superman number one finally launches. So this begins the tale of the Secret Six. Who are they? I think for the most part we know. If we're okay to talk spoilers, maybe spoilers slash speculation. But from what I've seen, I believe, I know Supergirl's definitely one of them. Uh, I've seen Hawkman. He's going to get possessed by these Joker, Jokerizations, the dark multiverse Jokers. So we've got Supergirl, Hawkman. Um, I believe I saw it was Jim Gordon. Uh, Billy Batson got possessed, so that means Shazam got possessed. Uh, Superman himself, I think, also gets possessed. And then the last one, did I say Blue Beetle? Nope. So there it is, Blue Beetle. And I think I figured it out. I was looking at the big teaser. So you see the the, the Batman who laughs and all his little Robins around him. And he's cracking. like He's basically playing chess with all the superheroes. And if you look at the superheroes that are touching their head, mm-hmm. those were the possessed ones. Oh. So that's kind of cool. I don't know if the artist did it on purpose. I hope so. But I think that's really neat. Because you hope that there are mysteries behind these teases like when they started with the chalkboards right that was cool mm-hmm. uh those were a little bit easier to figure out I, you know i'm bad with like illustrative um symbolism you know mm-hmm. but <laughs> but yeah but then when they did like that batman thanksgiving one it's like well, what does this all mean you know like i still don't understand what nightwing with the blonde wig is like is that grayson so he's undercover <laughs> i don't know maybe uh was uh Billy Batson getting possessed and then calling down the word of Shazam, shouldn't the Shazam itself burn out whatever is being is possessing him? Like that, the power of Zeus yeah, should like, burn it out. Yeah, the the, the 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 Zeus's wisdom would know you're possessed. Let's find a way to get over this. You know, magic should always triumph over science for the most part. At least that's my thought. Um, I mean, I get it. Like if the person was already bad, like Black Adam getting the power, like it just makes or. Teth Adam gets gets the Shazam power. He's just going to be a pow- more powerful version of himself. Right. But the idea was supposed to be the more powerful version of Billy is supposed to be someone's good. So you would think that, yeah, that would burn it. That's interesting. It. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's wild. I mean, I get that they're doing it for the Shazam who laughs. Right. 
But again, like you're saying, it's like, but his power base has kind of shown us before that. Because <laughs> I would say the same thing. Like if you gave an Eclipso diamond to Billy, but then he Shazammed himself, you shouldn't be able to get Shazam. Right. Now, if you give the Eclipso diamond to Shazam and he gets Eclipse, then yes, that's then you the do have it. Yeah. So that's where I would have been like, nah, they should have Eclipsed him in Shazam form. So mm-hmm. maybe that is the thing. Maybe they Eclipsed him in Shazam form. So he became Billy, but that stayed because mm-hmm. Billy can't fight it off like Shazam could. Okay. So I don't know. Who's ever writing it? There you go. We, we fixed it for you. <laughs> Where's our no prize? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but just in time for that, Batman Superman number one. Batman Who Laughs hardcover. This will contain the six. No, wait. We planned it as seven. The seven-issue miniseries plus the Grim Knight issue, which basically introduced the Batman Punisher. So a lot of great stuff there. Great standalone story on its own. I would definitely recommend it. Worth reading, worth checking out. Detective Comics Detective Comics issue 1010 is out, and this contains some of the uh, year of the villain stuff that's going on as well. So we're definitely going to see um, Deadshot basically get involved a little bit here what's going to happen to him and you know he's got to team up with batman so how will they work well together or will they not what's going to happen at the end of that uh flash issue 77 is out there as well so we are completely done with the year one and we've seen at the end of that that they were teasing and it is now beginning the death of the speed force so what's going to be happening to all our flashes as the speed force slowly dies away uh, this is one just for fun. Harley and Ivy meet Betty and Veronica. That's right. If you are loving the offbeat tales of Archie in the new show Riverdale, Riverdale uh, then definitely check this one out. It's going to be, I mean, it's obviously going to be in the very comic booky style of it, but it's definitely some fun beats and taking characters and crossing them over. House of Secrets issue 92 gets a, oh no, I lost the word, facsimile, a facsimile edition. Uh, So this is really great because this reprints the actual first appearance of Swamp Thing as he was brought to us by Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson. Uh, What's interesting about this character is he actually fits in with Spawn. Uh, This is definitely a very supernatural character. Uh, With him appearing in House of Secrets, we definitely got to see more of the... uh, science and the arcane uh crossing over and bringing somebody back and definitely uh part of the 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 things that swamp thing was was he would just scare you with his outright grotesqueness but his justness would also scare you too kind of the telltale heart type of stuff there so that's kind of fun stuff uh but this will not be your alan moore swamp thing because in his second appearance he was completely changed why (laughs) because alan moore is like i gotta do some stuff to him so yeah so there is that but if you want to have a uh very a very one-to-one uh, reprint of that. That's definitely some fun stuff there. Injustice 2, Volume 5, has its trade pay- trade paperback edition being released, so that'll be a six-volume set for the sequel to Injustice. Um, that means that world is done and over with. I hope they do come back to do some more. Hopefully we'll get an Injustice 3 or more of the world of Injustice. Justice League issue 30 is out and this one's going to be exciting. Why? Because we get the Justice Society of America back. That's right. The classics are going to be here. Now I picture in this issue they're probably just going to be the last page. I haven't read it yet so I'm guessing they're just going to be on the last page so it's going to tease you but the motions begin here. That's right. Doomsday Clock was a fake out. No, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But no, this is definitely where it's going to be. James Tinian IV, Scott Snyder and a host of other people. Javi Fernandez, Jim Chung, Jorge 
Jorge Jimenez and Francis Manipal. They're coming together to give us the Justice Do More. This is what Justice League has been building to. This is what is affecting the DC Universe in all its entirety. Definitely, I'd say step up, pick up these issues. I know I tried out Justice League. I liked it. I kind of fell out, but I'm back for these issues because I cannot wait to see the JSA back at it. Well, sorry, I'll say Justice Society because I still have hope that my JSA will return. I don't know. I always consider Justice Society to be definitely the 40s and yeah. the JSA to be the 90s. Yeah. I, I There's room for both teams in my heart, and mm-hmm. I hope the publishers feel the same way as well. <laughs> so uh, speaking of Doomsday Clock, though, uh, to get into spoilers from last week's comic books, if uh, people haven't read the newest issue of Batman, I want to say? Yeah, 77, yes. It's Batman 77, yeah. Um, so spoilers, and if you don't want to hear, skip ahead like in two minutes. But we saw, quote unquote, the death of Alfred, <laughs> Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah. Um, now, if we take into account that Doomsday Clock is supposed to be taking place in the future. Who makes the pancakes? <laughs> yeah. there's Alfred is there. So, I mean, who knows? Obviously, that, that story is way backed out or way backed up and, you know, didn't come out on, on time. Um, it could also be taking place in an alternate universe, alternate timeline, alternate world. Um, but how do you feel? I, I honestly, so I saw an article, I don't remember who, which website wrote it, but, uh, you take into account that this Thomas Wayne, uh, is pulling a magician, a magician's trick, an an illusionist trick of, uh, he knocks Damian Wayne out. Wakes up Damian Wayne, has him tied to a chair, and he, uh, it's essentially pulling the trick of you have to look at this from this angle and this angle only, so thus it's a trick. Like he doesn't, he's not actually killing Alfred or he is killing somebody, it's just not you are Alfred. It's someone to look like that. You know, I could definitely buy that. Like, I, I don't see the death of Alfred happening. I don't either I, because I, just I don't, don't think Tom King's that cruel. I don't think he's that cruel. Plus, I don't think <laughs> DC would allow it. No, not when not when you have a show called Alfred. Yeah, is it called Alfred? Pennyworth. Yeah, Pennyworth, and not, it's a great you know, show. So I just I think it's capitalizing on that synergy of hey, let's get the name out there, mm-hmm. let's do some exciting stuff. But you're right, like with that specifically tr- done that way, because uh, I think I, I skimmed over that article as well. It's it's an interesting thought, you know, it's like, okay, yeah. Why, why have it be framed in those certain ways? So it could be to that. I mean, we, we live in a Gotham city where you have people like Clayface. Mm-hmm. How easy is that to just happen? I mean, way, we, we pulled know? that with, with uh, hush back in the day, right? Yeah. You know, so I, I definitely don't see this being the death of Alfred. I think it's definitely going to like, okay, you know, it made it real to the heroes. That way they'll stay out of Gotham. But I mean, it's tough because part of me wanted to be like, well, Thomas Wayne wouldn't do that to Alfred. He trusts him. But this isn't our Thomas Wayne, and that's not his Alfred Pennyworth. So that relationship means nothing. Uh, Who knows? Maybe that could have been the Alfred Pennyworth from Flashpoint. Maybe he's like, okay, well, I'll bring my Alfred over. Now, I know a lot of people say, well, that wasn't that the one who was, um, oh, God, the outsider. The outsider, yeah. But uh, there's so many twists and turns. And obviously, the story is not completely done. yeah, like I, I, it's tough because I, I want to say, um, darn it, uh, Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock saves us. It kind of tells us like, oh no, this will be okay. Mm-hmm. But again, with Doomsday Clock being so out of the loop, which is kind of a big disappointment. I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't ever like to bash on creators and stuff like that, but I am really saddened by this one because I remember like when Rebirth came out, I was super, I was super hyped. You know, and like I had that and then there'd be all those little storylines. But now it's like, you know, Batman, the flash, the button it doesn't mean anything. Mm-mm. You know, whoop-de-doo. Uh, Superman, the reveal of Oz. 
doesn't mean anything. No. A lot of those storylines just became garbage. And I'm upset because I went and bought back issues of those. I went and bought the hardcovers. And then you're like, oh, these are just basic stories. I mean, not to take any power away from them, but in the grander scheme of the DC universe, they don't hold much. So, I mean, this is just Tom King's story where he's going to go from it. I don't know. But as most writers face, when you're done with a story, continuity pulls it back together. Like a lot of people gave uh, Matthew Rosenberg shit for his run on X-Men. I enjoyed his uncanny arc, um, you know, but again, we saw Havoc die there. And if you look at the solicits, X-Men number one, Havoc's right on the cover. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's just part of the, the show and tell of the ongoing saga. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't know if this is the right place to bring it up or if, if I'm just missing something, but like it almost seems like Jeff Johns is just done. Like he's done with their, all of his storylines of, of other than Doomsday and Clock. Have, and I'm sure he's done with those 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 scripts is just waiting on art (laughs) but um like he's he was supposed to be involved in movies well uh, it seems like all of his movies are are not being made anymore yeah his uh what was it ghost planet or yeah that ghost uh his ghost ghost dimension i don't know ghost dimension i think you're right i believe so his imprint nothing's ever happened three jokers never nothing ever happened with that the Mm -hmm. green lantern core movie like nothing's happened with that his it was it was his, he was the one that wrote the button right yeah no no um, that, Him that's and Josh one, Williams yeah Josh Williams and Tom King came out. like oh, okay. Jeff would probably have some consultancy with it because there's a lot of doomsday clock yeah in there. but I mean at the overall end of it it didn't fall under his so you're right because I mean outside of doomsday clock the next thing to be looking for with his name on it. Um, or sorry okay he still has Shazam he still has the Shazam book that's but even right. that's kind of slipping behind and honestly. I mean, with the success and buzz of the movie, that was great. But now that that's behind us, I'm starting to notice some of the issues are slipping. And yeah, I mean, with Batman Three Jokers, I mean, I'm excited for Batman Three Jokers just because I know Jason Fabook has beautiful art. But in terms of the grand story, I don't know if it's going to fit in. I don't know if it's going to matter. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a tough part. I I love Jeff Johns. I think he's a great guy. But yeah, it kind of feels like it's there was a lot of cool shit happening. And that tidal wave is just kind of settled. Yeah. Okay. Just wanted to bring that up. No, so we, we, we you know, we, we definitely wish the best and we hope for the best and we hope for more because I'll tell you, that guy, he's a great fixer. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that was one of the things you look forward to. When he got on a character, man, he came through and he fixed some stuff and he did some great things. And, you know, it's just kind of the, the, the spiral and the curse of the new 52 really hit DC Comics hard. And mm-hmm. I and I never want to say that in a mean way because I know a lot of people, like, they got into comics because of the new 52. and But it... it it definitely, it took, to me, it took more than it gave, which is never a good price for no. a story. So anyways, that moving along, though. Justice League Dark issue 14 is out. That'll show off uh, Cersei and her gift powers from the year of the villain. Honestly, I still don't understand how that book is still going. How do people, I mean, not that I have anything against those characters, but they just seem, it. every time I've ever tried to read that book, even the Justice League Dark <laughs> like animated movie was just not interesting to me. Like most, I don't know. It's one of those books. It's it's definitely fringe, and that's what helps it. Like I know when they did it the first time, like it was so out of left field because we want that mystical. You know, you want to explore that. You want to see what's out there on those things. When you had characters like Constantine, Satana, and Dead Man, that made it mm-hmm. because that's really cool. But right now, it's like the lineup is a little bit too mainstream. Like I know, like I mean, it's going to have fans. Why it's essentially a Wonder Woman book. Um, 
So that definitely helps. I mean, Cersei's taking stage, and to me, that's her main villain. But yeah, you don't really have those little like niche characters that are in there. Like, yeah, I want to check this out. I mean, right. you know, you put Dead Man on it, I'm buying it. You know, but it's like, where's our Ragman? Where's Swamp Thing? Where are those guys? Well, I guess Swamp Thing's on it because he's basically Alan Moore. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's right. But you know, it's like, yeah, give us some more of those those little characters like that. That'd be worthwhile. Uh, let's see, Martian Manhunter issue eight, which takes a deep dive into a newer version of his Martian Manhunter year one. Red Hood Outlaw issue thirty sevens out there again. Could Outlaw or sorry, could Red Hood actually be the um, the main bad guy Leviathan behind all these mechanicians? We don't know, and this book will definitely tie into it. Uh, Superman fourteen. Hopefully this will come out this week. Uh, I believe it was last week when they had Superman, uh, Superman issue 14 and Supergirl, I think it was 38, I forget. Uh, they've been crossing over, reuniting the Superman family, and this basically sneaks in, surprise spoiler, the Legion of Superheroes. Again, something that should have come out of Doomsday Clock. Yeah. But we're definitely going to see the Legion starting to make a return there. Why were these books destroyed? Who knows? There's tons of speculation. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I don't know who to go for. But hopefully you get your copy and you enjoy it. Uh, Tales of the Batman, Jerry Conway, Volume 3, hardcover. These are some amazing stories coming out of the 70s. So if you've been collecting the first two hardcovers, I recommend it. If you want to see some great classic Batman, that's a good place to go. Terrifics issue 19 is out still keeping one of the team books to come out of Dark Knight Metal and Watchmen is getting another trade paperback I swear to God I could have sworn I said that last week <laughs> and I probably did but Watchmen that is they just keep producing copy after copy of that thing uh, Wonder Woman issue 77 will be out as well um, this has the big Wonder Woman versus Cheetah fight coming on. Why? Because we have Wonder Woman 1984 coming. So definitely be a lot of good stuff there. And that's what comes to you from DC Comics. Now, if we go to the other side of the street, let's go over to Marvel Comics. Uh, Absolute Carnage number one has been killing it. How do you know this? Because they're getting a third printing. That's right. So if you go into the stores and you want to pick up the newest issue of Absolute Carnage part two, you can also get a third printing of number one as well. This is definitely going to be a big story a lot of spin outs and things like that uh so definitely be on the lookout uh, absolute carnage lethal protectors number one will be out this is a three issue mini series that will definitely focus on uh some of the people who have been touched by the symbiote and then some of the people on the street definitely trying to fight it so i definitely know misty knight and moon uh moon sorry iron fist moon fist <laughs> iron fist are in this one so definitely you get your street level fix to see if they can protect the people uh, Absolute Carnage, Miles Morales. That's right. We're going to see how Miles deals with all these symbiotes and things like that. Uh, he'll have a three-issue miniseries there. The Age of X-Men will be represented in trade paperback form. This time we get the Amazing Nightcrawler and the Extremists. So two of the vital storylines from that. Amazing Spider-Man issue 26 gets a second printing, which is just in time for the Amazing Spider-Man issue 28. That's right. Nick Spencer has his love for those little low-tier villains, and they're going to be back. So we get to see what's going on with Boomerang and his friends and all the crazy shenanigans they're going. God, what was that book called? I think it was The Fantastic Foes of Spider-Man or something like mm -hmm. that. So yeah, he, he cut his teeth on that book. So was it kinda, Fantastic Foes? I don't know. I don't know if it was Fantastic. It was something like Foes of Spider-Man. Something something. I think I had, I had the first trade because it was, uh, it was a uh, boomerang story or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like Boomerang and two other villains. So they were just yeah. those like low tier guys. And it was just fun. You know, he did a good job. Of, it was the, what was her name? Beetle. Like she yeah, the, the new, female Beetle. Yeah, the yeah, female Beetle. Right. Yeah. The female Beetle was one of them. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pick who the other guy was because Boomerang, if I remember correctly. Shocker? Isn't he, 
Oh, you're right. Shocker. Were shocker, yeah, yeah. Was shocker. So because they were trying to make up the new Sinister Sticks six, and they were like, "Well, we're not really that." Not. He's like, "Boomerang's like, well, are you gonna be like kind of thing?" <laughs> this is where it's gonna happen, guy. Yeah. So uh, its spiritual successor is currently in the Spider-Man books. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun for people of those fan of that fan base. So definitely go check it out. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Venom 3D number one. That's right. If you were a big fan and you were lucky enough. Uh, back when Amazing Spider-Man, the actual comic, hit issue 300. And some of you know where I'm going with this, you Todd McFarlane fans. That's right, David Michelin and Todd McFarlane teamed up, and they gave us the first Venom. Uh, this is where those storylines start. So this is where all the big stuff was going on. I mean, several of the issues before that, like one was Peter Parker was standing on a subway, and somebody pushed him almost into an oncoming train. That was huge. And I know that just came up recently because somebody tried to accuse Donnie Coates of, like, plagiarism and he's like it's called an homage look it up sometimes so like don't go after donny cates if you're not ready for it but anyways so yeah. oh. spider-man 300 or amazing spider-man 300 yeah has the introduction of the symbiote suit uh, it has the introduction of venom venom okay yeah, so there that's you where we, we start getting it so, so then the spawn 300 issue which is also todd mcfarland you think it's gonna have some kind of big thing like that i don't know if he'll necessarily get like a, a another villain per se uh-huh. but i know they'll definitely probably do an homage co- actually i think they've already done the homage cover yeah so that's the one where it's got the 300s and then uh spidey in the black costume which isn't symbiote at this point he's swinging across with the circle right i know marvel is homage to the hell out of that cover i'm sure todd's <laughs> done it with that so I don't know, but it is, it's definitely like, why would you reprint that? But it works, you know, it's the first appearance of Venom, and oh yeah, 300, let's all celebrate. Everybody's <laughs> turning 1,000. <laughs> so yeah, so definitely good times there. Uh, Avengers 23 comes out. I know I'm super hyped for this one. Why? The challenge of the Ghost Riders is going on. So like as we've been talking about Spawn and all this, you know, hellish heroes and all things like that, so I cannot wait to see what's going to happen here with, uh, oh my God, Robbie, right? Robbie Reyes. Or is it Ray? Hey, Jamie. Jamie's Beetle, right? Jamie's Robbie's, Be- yeah. Robbie's the rider. Okay. So Robbie, Danny, and um, Johnny, they're all guest starring and all this stuff. So all the Ghost Riders are back. So this is exciting for me. So I definitely, definitely will hype that up some more. Uh, Black Panther hits issue 13. Captain America hit, Sorry. Black Panther hits issue 15. Captain America hits issue 13. Daredevil issue eight gets a second printing. Doctor Strange number 18 is out. If you want an offbeat Fantastic Four story, then Yancey Street is out. So uh, if you know your Ben Grimm history, Yancey Street was kind of where all the the, the thugs were that would bully a young Ben Grimm. And even when he became the thing, he tried to go back and, you know, tried to shit talk him back and they still kept him in check. <laughs> so this is going to be a fun offbeat by Jerry Duggan. So some fun stuff there as well. Uh, let's see. Fantastic four by Jonathan Hickman, the complete collection volume two is out. So if you're enjoying what Hickman is doing with house of X and powers of 10, and you want to read more of his, I mean, everything this guy writes is linked. Like, oh. It's crazy, yeah. It's it's so crazy. So, so this could be something worth picking. I know up we themselves. haven't talked about it in a while, and I I haven't been reading it. But as has Reed and Sue finally showed up in in Fantastic Four? Oh yeah, yeah, they're definitely okay. back. The the family's back. Uh, Reed's back on Earth. Sue's back on Earth. The family's just out there doing their thing. Um, it's funny. Like I bought, I don't know, the first two story arcs of Fantastic Four. But I haven't read them yet. I feel mm-hmm. bad, but I definitely saw Reed Richards. Uh, he appeared in the Daredevil book, so he met up with Matt Matt Murdock to play chess and talk about religion. So, oh, okay. yeah, Reed's back. He's sporting a beard, at least that much. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that uh, the the Xavier that's over in Powers of Ten. 
or House of X? Oh, yeah, both of them. Both okay. Of them. He's got that Cerebro helmet thing that kind of yeah, looks like maker. the... Yeah, it looks like the one from Ultimate Reed. Yeah. Uh, Ultimate Universe Reed Richards, right? Yep. And I don't know. I still... Everybody's got crazy running theories. I don't think that the person that we're seeing in that quote-unquote maker-looking costume, I don't know if that's Charles. Okay. I just got this vibe. Because like, I don't know. Like I, I read the uh, I mean, technically, is, is there really any Charles? I mean, he's switched bodies so many times. Last and year, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how's this guy still alive somehow? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is Charles? Is there still any of it left? No. But I just, I, I feel with them not showing the, like, for the removal of the mask, I feel like that's not him under there. Okay. You know, so I don't know. I, I, but again, there's so many twists, and I'm a week behind. I missed uh, Powers of X3. I need to read that. So I know that's very. Very uh, horrible to say as a comic book fan right now, but <laughs> well, I just I as just an X Men fan, behind. yeah, right. You know, so I'll get lynched after this. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Where was it? oh, fantastic or sorry, friendly neighborhood Spider Man number eleven is out. This uh, is the book written by Tom Taylor with the best version of Spider Man out there. Sorry, Nick Spencer, don't mean to crane on you, but yeah, this book has been killing it. This is the cover that has Mary Jane dressed up in a. Um, Spider-Man costume, taking off the mask, revealing herself. So this is the all Mary Jane issue. So if you want to get some insights there, definitely the way to go. Guardians of the Galaxy issue 7 gets a second printing. That starts their second story arc. Dude, oh my god. Okay, issue 7 was great. Issue 8, they have like the newer version of Rocket Raccoon's uh, origin. Damn, that was sad. I heard. I, I, I didn't oh. read the article, but I heard that they made it even more sad now. It really was like, I, I, because basically, like, it, there's this. If you're okay, like, I'll toss yeah, it yeah. out there. So, there's this planet where just like soldiers go to die, you know, like you're you've been in some of the most extreme intergalactic war. So, they're there and they just have these service animals. So, Rocket just happens to be a service animal there. Uh, then the people decide, like, we're tired of this, so we're tired of taking care of these people, so we get robots to do it. And then the robots get tired of doing it, so they eventually take Rocket away from his his person, and they start changing him, and they basically make him Rocket Raccoon. And, like, just, like, you know, like, the sad moment is, like, when he's, vi like, revisiting it, he's like, I used to be soft, you know, but then, like, they... they transform and they evolve him and then he's like i'm glad i'm i'm not soft anymore but mm -hmm. you see him break down on the panel it's like oh man heart-wrenching stuff and it's even harder too because like bill oh, i want to i hope i pronounce it maloto manito mm -hmm. uh the the creator of rocket raccoon mm -hmm. like he was a smart guy I mean, he was all over the place. He did amazing stories for both DC and Marvel. And he'd literally be going back and forth between the two when they were both in New York. And unfortunately, one day he was on his rollerblades and somebody wasn't paying attention. They hit him. Mm -hmm. And it messed up his mind so much. And he's really regressed. And, and he's in like just in care, like hospice care. People have to take care of him and stuff like that. So I guess maybe my projection of knowing what the character or what the creator's going through, it made me sad. And mm -hmm. I kind of wish they would have did a little bit of an homage. Maybe they should have named his human after, you know, like, oh, this is yeah. William or something like that. But still just, but anyways, this arc is crazy. Um, uh, Donny Cates has been killing it with the ghost or with the guardians. It's been fantastic stuff. So just a lot of strife with one of your favorite intergalactic families. So come together, everybody. Come on, let's dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, History of the Marvel Universe issue one gets a second printing. This book is fantastic. If you want to know more about 
the history of the Marvel Universe, this is where it's at. And what's great about this is there's annotated pages at the end, so they actually show you real comic book panels where this all comes from. Mm. So, like, if you're looking at a deep dive, this is where it's at. So, yeah, if you missed issue one, don't worry. Second printing's there, and issue two's already out. House of X 3 will be out as well. So, hopefully, House of X is in the now Powers of 10 goes in increments of 10. Mm -hmm. So X to the power of zero would equal one mathematically. So that's the first year. X to the power of one would be 10 years. So that's 10 years and so on down the line. So powers of X, powers of 10 will definitely be uh, transferring around through time. Hence, powers of 10. Correct. Exponents are powers. So my inner mathematician loves this. <laughs> Anyways, a lot of great stuff there. Uh, Loki issue one gets a second printing. And now for the creme de la creme, Marvel Comics 1000 is finally out. That's right. If you didn't go to D23 this last weekend and get yourself a copy, the rest of us schlubs can finally go to our comic book stores and get a copy ourselves. I know there's a lot of like, eh, who cares? It's, you know, it's not really an anniversary issue, but it is an anniversary issue. This is the 80th year of Marvel Comics and they're paying homage. I think it's great. Yeah, could they have used a different number? for sure, but who cares? It's going to be fun. So this is a big jam issue, as they used to call it. So tons of creators, both writers, artists, inkers, letters, everybody. A lot of people are going to be involved in this one. It's going to be a big mystery. And there will actually be a second issue, uh, Marvel Comics 1001. So definitely go out there, pick this up for yourself. A lot of great stuff. So I highly hype this up. I'm looking forward to getting my copy. Uh, let's see. Marvel Comics Presents issue six will be getting a third printing. That's right. A lot of stuff happened in this issue. Issue. Um, I was sad because I didn't order it initially, but then they had that backup back backup story with Ghost Rider in it. Then Danny catch one, mm. and this kind of ties into the challenge of the Ghost Riders. But don't worry if you wanted to get the first print; it's crazy expensive. Why? Because it's the second. That's right, all you collectors. I'm going to piss all over that parade. It's the <laughs> second appearance of another one of Wolverine's daughters. Because technically, she first appeared in issue five. But anyways, so it's the second appearance of that. The main first appearance. The first time Wolverine acknowledges that he has this new uh, hybrid daughter from from Frozen slash Wolverine, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> She's got ice claws. But anyways, so yeah, this is going to a third print. So they've actually had the original printing. Two variant covers for the uh, for the second printing, and now we are at the third printing. So uh, definitely, if you want to get the Ghost Rider story, pick it up. But I don't know what to say about the main story. I don't know how it's going to come into play, if it counts or not. Marvel Monsters number one is out. So this is definitely going to uh, it's gonna play with your idea of what's going on with the big-ass giant monsters of the Marvel Universe. So this is going to be some crazy just visuals to look at. Speaking of visuals, Marvel Visionaries John Buscema trade paperback is out. That's one of the forgotten heroes of the Marvel Universe, the early stuff. John Buscema definitely rocked a lot of amazing art. He did some great stuff with the Avengers, Thor, um, Fantastic Four, and several other different little characters. So these Visionaries trades are definitely out there to recognize writers and artists. So definitely pick one up if you want to get some good stuff there. Marvel's Spider-Man Velocity number one is out. This will be a brand new original story featuring the PS4 Spider-Man. So a lot of great comics have been coming out featuring him. This is going to be another storyline, a five-part miniseries. So it all begins here. Miles Morales Spider-Man number one gets a fourth printing. Issue two gets a third printing. So those will be out there as well. Power Pack's back. That's right. Power Pack Grow Up number one begins. This begins their little mini series by Louis Simonson and June Brigman. Uh, they're going to be out there doing some new stuff with some newer stories of the Power Pack. I think maybe not this issue, but I know they're definitely going to be having some team ups in the next one. So if you were a fan of the Power Pack, they're back. 
That was kind of fun to say. <laughs> uh, so anyways, definitely pick that up for yourselves. Powers of X issue 2 gets a second printing. Runaways issue 24 is going to be out. And apparently the Runaways are going to be getting some big hype because I guess... I don't know if they're going undercover or something, but there's supposed to be this like Dr. JJ and the something. I, I, I'm totally bad at this one, but I guess there's like a new superhero team coming out and rumor is it's going to be the runaways. They're just recostumed. So oh. kind of like how they did that with the Thunderbolts where it's like, oh, right, these guys right. are great, but they're bad guys. So there's going to be a new team, but it's going to turn out to be the runaways. So that's perfect timing. Why? Because we're at runaways issue 24. So 25 is always a fun number. She-Hulk annual number one, which is perfect timing because She-Hulk's definitely going to be featured on a lot of stuff. So this takes place with the Acts of Evil where we see the heroes are fighting different villains and things like that. So it's going to be fantastic. We're going to see old Jennifer go up against Bullseye. So what's he going to do? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man Life Story issue five is getting a second printing, which is just in time for Life Story issue six. So this will be kind of the conclusion. I can't rant and rave enough about this series. It's been fantastic. Chip Zardaski just did an amazing job. So this starts, you know, back in actual Spider-Man time. Here we are right now in the year 2019, and we're going to see what happens with a 72-year-old Peter Parker. How does he live with power and responsibility in his old age? So, yeah. Definitely. Go pick that up. Definitely pick up the trade. It's beautiful stuff. I've enjoyed that series. Thanos issue five of six will be out. This will be dealing with Thanos and his growing pains with a young Gamora. Thor issue 16 is out. Valkyrie Jane Foster number one gets a second printing. Venom 17. Definitely if you're into this absolute carnage, you want to be picking up Venom. Why? Because I'm sure it's all crossed over. War of the Realms Journey into Mystery gets a trade paperback. Web of Venom Funeral Fire number one comes out with a second printing, which again, I highly recommend that you pick up. And then lastly, X-Men Milestones Inferno trade paperback. X-Men trades are going to be coming at you and they're going to be getting the special treatment with the X-Men Milestones Edition. Inferno is a great one. Why? Because we have the X-Factor team finally meet up with the Uncanny X-Men. And at that point in history, the Uncanny X-Men were believed to be dead. X-Factor was the original team running around as mutant hunters. And this is the first time Jean Grey and Wolverine meet. And of course, you know... Oh, they have to kiss. <laughs> but yeah, this is where Madeline Pryor loses her shit, becomes the Goblin Queen, threatens to sacrifice a young baby Cable. We didn't know he was Cable at the time. But luckily, the New Mutants were there. Why? Because they become X-Force eventually. So it's fun to read these things because you know what's going to happen, but they didn't know back then. And that's what's on your spinner rack. That's a spinner rack for you. So uh, as you mentioned a second ago about She-Hulk, She-Hulk was one of the new shows for Disney Plus that was announced at D23 this past weekend. Um it, it, it's interesting because for a while there, I thought that was going to be the show that they were because the head of ABC programming, I want to say, uh, announced that she, the ABC was in talks with uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel Studios, wow. in in a new female led show for ABC that would be mostly new, and uh, I think the high speculation was that it was going to be a She Hulk show. Um, because that would be mostly new because you already know who Hulk is, but She-Hulk would be new. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like we're getting a Disney Plus show of that. Now, we know that Loki and WandaVision and I believe... Falcon and Winter Soldier. Winter, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier are all going to be six episodes. So I'm, I'm assuming that these new, three new shows that they also announced, um, uh, She-Hulk, Moon Knight, and Ms. Marvel are also going to be six episodes. Uh, I know I am extremely excited to see what a She-Hulk show is and what a Moon a Moon Knight show is. 
Ms. Marvel, on the other hand, I'm, I don't know. It, to me, it's not it never been a character that I was extremely interested in. Uh, the most I've ever read her in was in Champions, and I'm surprised they didn't just go with a champion show. Yeah, you get a lot more characters, more bang for your buck. Yeah. You know. um, but, sure. I mean, Miss Marvel is probably, it'll probably kick ass, uh, just like everything else that they're going to be doing. Is there a particular actress that you would like to see for She-Hulk, or is there a particular storyline, do you know, of She-Hulk that you'd like to see? Gosh, that's tough. Um, so definitely like okay so the question i ask you so when they have jennifer walters obviously we have an actress play that that role uh-huh when we get the she hulk do you do a lou ferrigno thing or do you just go cgi body i guess i would think that they would go cgi body um one thing about she hulk is she doesn't get as nearly as large as the hulk does right um unless you're in jason aaron's uh in uh avengers run where she yeah, gets where pretty she's angry she hulk yes <laughs> uh but yeah, I'm, I'm sure you just go CGI and you'd use the actress that they're going to use. The one thing about Jennifer Walters, though, is that she never really, or not she does, but she... she well, she stays more She-Hulk. She stays, yeah, she stays more She-Hulk most of the time because she's always been able control. to control it. Yeah, yeah. she's she's uh, she's more like Professor Hulk that we see in Endgame. Yeah. Um, and she practices law as She-Hulk, She yep. you know, in her She-Hulk form. So... I don't know. Do you do you just go and find an actress that is willing to get as buff as you would need for a She-Hulk, or yeah, do you one. find two different actresses like you you, you said uh, Lou Ferrigno wise, or do you just get one actress to play Jennifer Walters and then CGI her up to be uh, a She-Hulk version of mm-hmm. that actress? So I mean, I guess if one that comes to mind and I forgot her name. Uh, she played the bad guy in Deadpool. Gina Carano. Yes. Yeah. So I would say if you're going to go with a green She-Hulk mm-hmm. 24-7 for the show, I'd say I would cast her. I think she's got the chops for it. She can definitely. She's got a great physique. Um, she'd probably be even willing to say like, yeah, let me let me keep you know seeing what else I could do. So I would definitely put her in that spot. Um, <clears throat> I can't. Nobody's really jumping out at me like. I guess I have a soft spot for Dr. Gray from Gray's Anatomy if they were going to do um, yeah. Jennifer Walters. So I can't think of her name. I'm just it's, playing uh, with my famous it's, people. Um, shoot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she was um, Karen Page in yeah, the, the Daredevil, Daredevil ben, movie. Ben Fleck, Daredevil. Yeah. I don't know why I'm, I'm blanking on her name at the moment, too. Anyway, so that's why I would think uh, those two come to my mind right away. As for stories, I would definitely say I would go back to um, – uh, Charles Scholl's run on She-Hulk. So he definitely did a lot of law practicing with her. And, you know, so like you'd see the courtroom drama and then you'd see at nighttime when she's dealing with stuff. So either the bad guys are coming after her saying, you need to let this case go, or she does some more investigations to see why these guys are getting railroaded into the situations. Uh, I think the show is going to be fantastic because now I guess what we have almost the complete Marvel universe except for anything Spider-Man <laughs> yes but you know but I mean when she when she did her sh- her her run there was a great crossover and it had Daredevil and Captain America in it so I thought that was really cool so I mean that could be something you could play up you know they could, could probably get Charlie Cox to come black and and pay play uh Matthew Murdoch that would be amazing um, they could have old man Steve Rogers so I don't know if it could be Chris Evans or whatnot but that'd be fun uh you could have juggernaut guest appear in that now you know so you can right. play with their little bit of a on off on again off again strong relationship, relationship yeah. you know things like that so there's a lot there so but I would definitely say I'd probably look at um 
I would hit the ground running with her law form and do stuff like that. Then I would dovetail like at the end, maybe like if it's a six issue or six episode, probably the last two would be her secret origin. And so you could go back into that torrid past and then that can reveal why she stays She-Hulk instead of being Jennifer. She just doesn't want to be frail again. Right. So that's some thoughts on that. Uh, one name that I like uh, for it would be Jessica Biel. Ooh, okay. I think, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be pretty cool. And I think you, if you did this, maybe a CGI version of her, like that, I would work out. Um, I like, I like, I like Gina Carano. Uh, I just like her in general. I don't know if she has the acting chops to pull off law stuff, like all that <laughs> law dialogue. Uh, Story wise, I would love, I would love for the show to be her being like the de- uh, defense counsel for. Superheroes, people in costumes, or yeah. even supervillains, like because everybody deserves their day in court, whether yeah, yeah. they're guilty or not guilty. Um, so it, it'd be it'd be cool to see different appearances, yeah, yeah, different cameos and stuff like that. Um, I I don't know if this is true, but I thought I remember hearing at one point where like Jennifer or Jennifer Walters, She Hulk's comic book was a lot of third wall or fourth wall breaking oh and yeah stuff like that okay when john byrne was writing her um i would say like i think her first so i didn't realize this she's actually a stanley creation mm. i didn't know that that might be she might actually i don't like that was confirmed but she might be his last marvel creation that was out of the era where we were like oh well we need to make the female version of all of our characters or the male version of all of our characters yeah let's just do stuff hey superman's got a cousin hulk will have a cousin yeah and exactly it plays exactly on that regard so yeah but and it was very much tongue-in-cheek like howard the duck would guest appear all these crazy things and yeah like i remember the cover like i think it was she hulk probably volume two and i think that was all john byrne so she's like holding up a copy of the actual comic and she's like all right you better buy this one we better outsell it and if we don't i'm gonna come over and tear up your <laughs> uh, back issues of x-men and then he was on the, the book for the whole run finally on the last issue when they were canceling the book she's like all right you all got me canceled you better hide your x-men comics <laughs> so i mean they would they would definitely fourth wall break they do a lot of stuff like jennifer like she's a great character and it's a shame because depending on how audience want to take stuff you know like we know everyday life is not pleasant nor does it care about your feelings our entertainment you've got to walk on eggshells because that's tough um but Jennifer herself has been in some crazy situations. Like one of my favorite story arcs that she had, I think this actually happened in the fantastic four arc. Um, so she was up on the Baxter building sunbathing. So, you know, she had her top off and all this stuff. Helicopter flies by. Oh my God, we got topless pictures of the she Hulk. This is great. And they take pictures. And so she gets startled turns. They get that money shot and she's so pissed about it. And she's a lawyer so she can fight them. Well, luckily, when they developed the films from the negative, children, this was how we used to get photography back in the day. So when they developed, they, they miscolorized it. So the developer thought she was normal, so they colored her in normal skin tones, not in green. Right. So it didn't matter. So people were like, oh, who cares? You got a woman topless uh, sunbathing. That's not She-Hulk. We're not going to buy this magazine. <laughs> so it was just a crazy offbeat story. I don't think you'll ever see something like no, that in modern times. Not. But I just thought that was hilarious stuff. So just crazy lighthearted. Hearted 80s shenanigans. <laughs> so then, the, and then the other show that you know I, I'm really excited about would be Moon Knight. So um, yeah. for the longest time, you know, when Netflix Marvel was a huge thing, people were clamoring for a net, uh, uh, Moon Knight TV show. Uh, Movie wise, you know, a lot of people were talking about Jake Gyllenhaal for Moon Knight, Mark Spector. Uh, obviously, that won't happen. Well, I mean, you can't say it won't happen, but he's already he's now playing Mysterio in the MCU. So. Yeah. 
Uh, I doubt that he would be playing another character. Um, but as a six-episode TV show, I don't know. Do they go with someone that's more of a TV actor? Do they go with someone that's more of a movie actor? And- you know, that's a tough question because, like, I often wonder that, too. Like, you know, okay, everybody's going, God, God, let's say we get Keanu Reeves. But is that a step down? See, and, uh, and exactly, you know, is, is that because some, you know, the old way of thinking is that uh, that TVs is beneath movie. But the way that we do TV now is so different than the way that we used to do TV. Yeah. And, you know, this TV is where the best stories are being told. A lot of you, know, you got you got big name. I mean, look at the the other Marvel shows. You, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany. The, these people are doing a TV show. Tom yeah. Hilson. Um, and you got the. Uh, the, the both Sam and Bucky they're yeah. coming in to play their characters on what would be quote unquote TV but they're still movie caliber people and to me this is movie caliber television yeah. it's just serialized just serialized yeah. so I mean it would be I mean six hours is close to three movies uh, it's just they're doing they're banging out three movies yeah just hey let's put this together and there you go you know <laughs> but it's still done I would assume it's still done on a, uh, a less budget than you would a movie and then it's also done on a tighter schedule than you do a movie so it, it I really don't know. I don't. I don't see Keanu Reeves for Moon Knight. I just don't picture it. Like, right. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind it, but I, I just don't see it. I, I'm. I'm sure they would want to go with someone maybe a little younger, uh, at this point. But if they want to go with someone that's Afghan war, you know, maybe that maybe that is something, or you know, Desert Storm or something. So now that now that you said that, I, that got my mind jogging. And that made me think of, um, I don't know if he's played a soldier. I'm pretty sure he has and stuff like but Remember the movie, I think it was uh, Warrior with the two brothers? Mm-hmm. Where they were the Tom fighters. Hardy and Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton. There you go. I yeah. want to see that guy do something. I think he'd be a great hey, superhero. I'm sure he he would be amazing as Moon Knight Mark Spector. Yeah, so there we go. So just tossing that out there, Disney. <laughs> we, we know you're always tapping our lines. <laughs> uh, we need to text this to each other. That's what they do. They read our texts. <laughs> there you go. They read our texts. Um that would yeah, that would be pretty cool. Uh, let's see who is who is someone else. I mean, I know they wouldn't do it because we just got done with him as as Punisher, but John Bernthal would have probably been a good uh, Moon Knight. Ooh, uh, but that's kind of typecasting. Is you know, it's a, <laughs> it's pretty similar to Punisher. Yeah, uh, I just really, I just really hope that they go into the whole um, multiple personalities, but then also mystic you know magic realm of it of and do you think that they do the original uh you know the moon cycle if they do it right they determines his powers yeah no i think if they're smart if they're smart do that like let it determine his powers but then you can throw that in there as well it also determines his personality Mm -hmm. so that way you get two birds with the one stone and it stays classic to it Mm -hmm. but then again it's tough because it's funny when you when you talk about that because that like Astrology, that's the word. That's all supposed to have a flair on Star Lord. Oh. Like when they, you know, when the sun is in the certain house of these or whatever, however you say all that <laughs> wackiness, that's also supposed to determine a little bit on Star Lord. But even then they abandoned that pretty early on as well. They're kinda <laughs> like nobody understood astrology back in the seventies. Uh the guy who created it did, but he had a bad falling out, so they left and then when and uh, Claremont and Byrne took over, he's like, <laughs> he's just a guy in space. <laughs> and and I might be wrong in remembering this, but wasn't Moon Knight's first appearance in Werewolf by Night? Uh, yes, I believe so. I think you're correct. So do that. you think they include any Werewolf by Night stuff? Hey, the more characters you can put out there, the is better that, off you are. Is that John Jameson? Uh, I don't know if it was John. I think it was, actually. I was, think or was right. he just Man-Wolf? Well, he was Man-Wolf. 
yeah, because he became Man Wolf with the, when he be, when he went on his on his space trips, and then something happened. And he got the powers. So, God, maybe Werewolf by Night might not necessarily be. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a little blank on that whole era of uh, comic, especially Marvel comics, right there. So I don't know if uh, James John Jameson is also <laughs> Werewolf by Night or not. <laughs> Okay, the werewolf by night, birth name Jacob Russoff. So no. Legal name Jacob Russell, nicknamed Jack, is a fictional character. So no. So the werewolf by night is just basically the wolf man. We just can't call him that because we don't have... Because Universal owns that. Yeah, there that. you go. Universal <laughs> owns that stuff. So yeah, so there was their character. So it, do you, I, mean, I haven't heard anything about werewolf by night character in forever, so... I don't know what's what, what's the, his fate in the Marvel Universe, but you have Wolfman, which is... Or Man Wolf, I'm sorry, which is uh, John Jameson. You have Werewolf by Night. You have, uh, uh, what's her name? Ron, Rain Sinclair. Oh, um, yeah, Rain Sinclair. Uh, Wolf Spain. Wolf Spain. I mean, you could do uh, a comic book on just werewolf like characters. <laughs> the Wolf Pack. <laughs> hey, there you go. That's pretty good. Uh, nice. <laughs> Throw in Wolverine and Sabretooth. Oh, man. Or I guess Sabretooth is a cat. So. Kick him out. He's he's the screwed up guy. <laughs> I mean, that's what they kind of did with that um, that one book that was Wolverines for a while. That you know they made it so that there was a what they were Cain and Abel, and they were uh, they were all being manipulated by John Howlett Jr., who was you know older than Wolverine but had his same powers, but was all working in the in the background. And then I don't know, it was all kinds of weird weird stuff. Is <laughs> about where about uh, there was one side that was. Uh, mutant wolves and there was the other side that was mutant cats and they are always going to be at each other's throats and that's where you had Wolverine and Sabretooth why they always now, fight now I'm just hearing banjos in the background <laughs> yeah no kidding uh, okay so that yeah I just wanted to talk about those two uh, exciting um, announcements from D23 let's let's get into our challenges what what was your challenge for this week okay so mine's a little bit convoluted so I kind of looked at um I may have said something and then I did something different. I don't know. I hope. But I kind of wanted to explore the history of horror comics, the arcane supernatural, and then also talk about some of the potential spawn-like characters in the big two and just kind of relate some of the some of the things out there that, that spawn could have been happening with. So I guess looking at the history of horror comics, horror comics are very interesting. Um, DC Comics was definitely more the the stronger publisher of the golden age of comics. So I would argue that even though you had characters like Zatara, well, Zatara, no, Zatana, but what was the father? Zatana? Zatara is the father. Yeah, Zatara is the daughter. So Zatara made his first appearance in Action Comics number one. Um, and then really? you also had, yeah, yeah, right there was Superman. A lot of people forget that sometimes. Huh. What was he doing? Uh, he was just a magician who would solve crimes and stuff was like it, that. So was it just, since Action Comics wasn't a Superman book, was it just like another story that yep. was in the book? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It was one, of, like basically like Detective. So it's like, hey, we'll have all these characters, Slam Brady, you know, and, and all these other things and whatnot. And so they were serialized comics. And so, yeah, with Action Comics number one, it just happened that the lead feature was Superman, and then throughout history, it kind of just became his book, you know? But yeah, in that first appearance, you got Satara. So he definitely brings in mysticism because he wasn't of the classic, you know, Christianity. It was definitely more like, you know, Eastern magics and, and things like that. Uh, then, of course, these characters started turning more super heroic. So I would argue that the Spectre is definitely one of the first heroes to make that turn. So here you have, a you know... I, 
I would say the original Spectre was a righteous cop. Like, I mean, he would do his job justly as he could, but eventually he was gunned down. And so being a righteous man who was stabbed in the back, of course, you're going to get that second chance to come back and, you know, put out the righteousness of vengeance upon everybody. <laughs> so the first spirit of vengeance, the Spectre. But again, what's different about him was... I would argue that his power comes more of a heavenly base, a, you know, a, an upper power than any of the others. Uh, then, of course, you know, EC Comics took horror to an extreme. So that's where you would have stuff like, you know, Tales from the Crypt wasn't nearly as bad. But when it first was out there, oh, my God, it was insane. So, like, I mean, you'd, you'd see those covers with, like, the pair of safety scissors being jammed into somebody's e. eye. Ghosts and skeletons going to, like, rape someone. So, I mean, they were definitely way out there. So when Dr. Wortham and the Comics Code Authority came a-knocking, those were definitely comics that argued in favor of their crazy argument. So it kind of shut it down. Um, Marvel... Finally, when it became Atlas in the 50s, they would explore more the super, or I guess the, the science fiction side of things. So maybe you'd have stuff like The Mummy and things like that come across, but they weren't necessarily allowed to get scary. It was more like if you stay respectable to novel classics, that could be okay. So Marvel did have like a Frankenstein monster and stuff like that. Um, finally, the Marvel Universe was formed and, you know, with the Fantastic Four number one and things would carry on. But again, they stayed more science fiction. DC, on the other hand, started playing with it some more and said, okay, well, we created Dead Man. So he definitely comes in at 1967, if I remember correctly. And he deals with, you know, Circa Acrobat who was killed. Uh, and again, another decent guy murdered before his time. Um, Ramakrishna gives him his power. So now we start playing with other religions, giving out these God or not godlike powers, but these uh, ethereal powers as they would be. So that was definitely kind of interesting there. Obviously, Boston Brand is not the spirit of vengeance. You know, he's just a, you know, first he was a very grim guy. He's like, I want to find my murderer and punish him. And then eventually when he realized I'm just going to be dead forever now, he's like, hey, look at me. I'm dead. <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's things like that. Um, then Marvel really started uh, picking it up with their creations um, I'm trying to remember who. Gosh darn it. Well, like like we were saying there, uh, Werewolf by Night. So they started playing with some more books. So I guess like probably around the early 70s when things started picking up, like DC's House of Secrets and then Marvel with, um, you know, um, their tales and stuff like that. And Marvel really hit it big when they were publishing Dracula. So they, they had some good storylines there. Finally, Marvel really started tapping it, and that's when they also coined the, the spirit of vengeance as well. Mm. So 1975 or 76, I think it was 75, uh, Marvel Spotlight number five comes out, and that gives us Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze. Uh, Ghost Rider was also a recycled name because you had a Ghost Rider, so he was a cowboy in an all-white suit, looked like a ghost, rode a white horse, but eventually they renamed him the Phantom Rider. Phantom Rider, yeah. Um, but then they kind of... They went back and reabsorbed him they said no he was a ghostwriter as well you know like he had the spirit of vengeance yeah as well. i think it was after the nick cage movie right probably yeah like, like right, right around that, that i was like hey because then we had uh we had secret warriors come out uh comic book and they yeah. used his grandson i want to say something like that yeah. yeah and he he had the chain that yeah that so he had that power. Little, yeah he had that 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 base there so once Johnny Blaze comes into it, that's when we really start getting the more spectral looking, you know, because now Johnny Blaze is a, is a full-on skeleton. You know, the Spectre and Dead Man, they're just, you know, ghostly looking guys like Casper the Ghost with muscles. You right. Know? I mean, not to diminish those two heroes, but, you know, that's kind of where they look there. So Johnny Blaze definitely pushes the buck. Now heroes 
you know, the anti-hero is really out there, Punisher and Wolverine, so comics can start getting a lot darker. Uh, with Johnny Blaze, the Ghost Rider, we actually wind up then getting a follow-up hero, uh, the son of Satan, Hellstorm. Hellstorm or Hellstrom? Hellstrom. Hellstrom. Uh, he's finally out there as well, and he made a first appearance alongside Ghost Rider like three issues later. So now we start seeing Agents of Hell coming out and start doing some amazing stuff there as well. Uh, not much, you know, throughout the 80s, characters would be published and things like that. Finally, in the 90s, that's when they all kind of start emulating each other and taking more from each other. So by this point, both DC and Marvel have established themselves with a spirit of vengeance being in the form of the Spectre or Ghost Rider, respectively. So 1992 is the big year. Spawn comes out. Um, luckily, by this point, horror in all of its formats is widely accepted. Uh, a lot of independent publishers definitely did a lot to help things go on. Uh, Cerebus, he's definitely one of the bigger um uh, independent books out there, so he could definitely push the buck and things would go on there. Hellboy, as we saw, you know, he he was definitely, I mean, he's the son of Satan, you know, so another demonic superhero going out there. So just because you come from hell doesn't mean you've got to be all bad. Uh, so things like that go on. But Todd McFarlane, who had a great run on both Batman and Spider-Man, some amazing comic book covers. And I also, I, I forgot to do my research on this, but another character I forgot real quick, Ragman. Mm. So Ragman is a DC comic books character. So originally, actually, there's another character. He's Jewish. He's yep. of Jewish descent. Um, he winds up with these sacred cloths, and they eventually kind of they gravitate onto him like a symbiote. And what he can do is it gives him powers. I mean, he's not like Superman level powers, but you know, he's got you know he can jump around and move, and you know, he's pretty much able to take quite a beating. And the um, way that, that he's depicted nowadays is that very much a spawn like oh, depiction, yeah. like with the. The rags coming out like the chains and, you know, yeah. a living organism around him kind of well, thing. Well, that's why I was curious because I wonder if Todd McFarlane did some work hmm. because that Spawn would actually, I would argue that Spawn rips that off from yeah. there. Uh, I mean, granted, yeah, the the, the, the the art has probably gotten a little bit finer because the art has just increased itself. But definitely there's a lot of uh, Ragman in Spawn. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing I did like that Ragman did feature, though, is he dealt with the homeless. Mm -hmm. Like he was actually a homeless superhero, which was huge because most of the time, eh, they're homeless. Who cares? You know, like most of the time you, know, you get things like D-Man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, they stink and they're yeah. horrible. And so Ragman would deal with that. And I thought it was neat that instead of turning his uh, criminals over to the police and stuff like that, he would capture their souls in the rags. So not only are they just like rags, these are actually like souls. This is mm -hmm. like, you know, like, oh, that piece of rag right there. That's a child molester. You know, <laughs> so I was like, holy shit, this is some dark, dark stuff. So anyway, so yes, 1992 spawn finally comes through uh todd mcfarlane has ba basically picked up a lot of what he's seen from comics like i would argue um we were talking about this before we record but somebody out there they had an argument for uh how spawn definitely got a lot of um inspiration from uh spider-man and it was pretty wild because in his article so the uncanny spawn how spider-man inspired spawn's design by dante berry uh he, he actually took some artistic proof and he basically takes some of the famous Spawn covers and takes the green eye out, and you're like, holy shit, that does look exactly like a Venom spider or the mm. black suit Spider-Man. And I'm not trying to knock it. I mean, how do you not homage yourself or copy yourself? I mean, that's your art style. 
in his theory, he definitely states that um, it the webbing is a good replacement for the chains, and it's like, yeah, that, that definitely makes sense and stuff like that. So I would definitely say Spider-Man is a huge influence on Spawn. Uh, I would even argue Doctor Strange, which was a character I can't believe I forgot about. Yeah. Wow. Uh, 1968, if I remember correctly. So he was definitely a big uh, occult-level hero, and he comes from the uh, Eastern Asian philosophies, you know, the ancient one and stuff like that. So they play with that idea of the magic and, and, the, and the dark sides of everything. And another living cape. Um, even Wonder Woman herself would definitely have some occult themes. Uh, you want to know what would be really wild to state, and this one will be out there. You know who the very first occult superhero actually would be that made it popular? Ooh. You know uh, the answer. Uh, Phantom Stranger? No, even bigger than that. Captain even- Marvel. Oh, Billy Batson. Okay, yeah, you yeah. Know, he, he appears right through there. So it's true. It's really wild when you think about that. You know, I mean, it's we we think of it just as the magic, but we also forget that Shazam represents the other gods. Mm-hmm. So yeah, some wild, wild stuff there. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so there's a lot of influence. I would say if. You are a fan of Spider-Man or Batman. Definitely Spawn leads its way towards you. Uh, Ghost Rider, uh, Spectre, definitely. There's a lot of influences there. So if you are a fan of the big two and you want to make that crossover into independent comics image, specifically in Spawn itself, I would definitely say, you know, relate it back to that. Because, again, in the end, it's a story about a guy who gets betrayed by his brothers and then makes a deal with the devil to come back and ultimately tries to escape the contract that is uh so i guess for the second part of my challenge uh looking at some of the stuff there so i thought about it spawn's gonna go up against the dc universe and the marvel universe itself in big respect so of course being an agent of hell if he goes to dc he's gonna get the attention of the specter Ooh. Uh, so those two are definitely gonna duke it out now it's tough I've been listening to some of the stuff that Spawn, his feats have done and things like that. And I guess, I think it was Image United that was supposed to be the big crossover story that united all the original artists of Image itself written by Robert Kirkman. So I didn't know this. Spawn died. I guess, I think he blew his head off. And so since he caused inflicted harm, he was done. There was a second Spawn running around for a while there. So like Spawn Al Simmons didn't make his return until issue 250. Did not so I was like, that. wow, that's pretty crazy. Um, again, I, I take this with a grain of salt. This is from the, the sources that I got online. So, of course, that's a very scary place to go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, in Image United, I guess Spawn was the bad guy. Uh, some of his big feats, uh, Spawn himself has actually managed to gain enough power that he managed to get the devil and God and separate them from everything, put them in their own little uh, realm, and basically said, you guys fight it out, and then recreated the world in the way that he wanted. So that's one hell of a feat. Yeah. You know, uh, Al Simmons himself being a CIA man of high caliber, uh, you know, being an assassin, being a marksman, saving the president of the United States and all these things are definitely, definitely high up there. So the man himself and his power set are very, very vital, even his costume being a symbiote of itself. So if Al were unconscious, the symbiote could take care of things as well. So you've got two minds going in there. Um, The Spectre has that as well. Because you do have Jim Corrigan and you have the Spectre itself. And the Spectre being just pure God's wrath, but it needs that temperament of man in order to not do any more things like Sodom and Gomorrah and just be destructive. You know, so it's supposed to be tempered by man. So Jim Corrigan being, you know, that that gumshoe private eye detective, you know, he's definitely going to be able to help bring justice to these punishments as well. So I definitely say when these two come up against each other, I give it to the Spectre. Now, I know you're going to say, oh, come on, you're a mainstream guy. Why don't you give it to the independents? My main reasoning, though, is Spawn. I forget what they call it. The ectoplasm, I believe. That's supposed to be the, the green stuff that we know all about. Right. 
That is how Spawn gets his powers. So after a while, like as they were stating there with his powers, the more he uses it, the less he can. So it's like, that's why we do see spawn with a gun because it's like, well, I could make projectiles and throw them at you, but that's going to take from my power levels. So why not just use a gun, which is something I can wield and use. Right. So, okay, that's a great argument. It's a good idea to explain. Um, But I mean, with the specter, we haven't seen that. I mean, unless spawn gets the spear of destiny, that's the only thing that can stop the Spectre. Um, I don't believe Jim Corrigan would have any sympathy for Al Simmons, so he's not going to be like, hey, tough nuggets. You know? <laughs> so when he puts punishment down on, on, on Spawn, I think he's definitely going to be overcoming it. Now, Spawn does have something of his own penance stare, have that, and that might shake Jim's, Jim Corrigan because obviously he's going to feel bad for all the things he's done as the Spectre. But again, God's holy wrath is going to be like, it was necessary. Yeah, so, exactly. So I just I'd say with the power base of the of the specter coming from the, you know the gods versus the de- the devils that definitely gives it a level up and then you also have to take into account for experience. Now Jim Corgan himself is somebody from the 40s so he's been having these powers for quite a long time. Spawn even if we take it at the 90s he still doesn't have that amount of time on there. So that's where I would go there in the DC universe. Um now if we go over to the marvel universe now again i just want to pit it up because i think that'd be a great looking fight but i say the other spirit of vengeance comes along and you have ghost rider (laughs) coming against um spawn Spawn himself now i would argue i think the only riders that he could definitely take down for sure would be alejandra the female ghost rider and robbie the newest ghost rider just because they're very inexperienced and you know they haven't been around to experiment with their powers as much and even with robbie right now they're kind of exploring his origins because he gets his powers from an evil deceased uncle as opposed to an actual spirit of vengeance right uh the true main spirits of vengeance would be danny ketch and johnny blaze and i love both those characters I would argue Danny catches the more powerful of the two riders. So if he goes up against Johnny, it's going to be tough. Like I, I, I would give the edge to, I would give the edge to the fact that they both have demon based powers, but I feel Mephisto is a higher level demon than, um, Oh my God, I forget how you pronounce that. Mala, Mala something. No, no. Uh, but anyway, so I, I would argue that 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 higher level demon definitely helps. Uh, Spawn has to be kept in control with a holder via the clown violator. So I would say Johnny is free checked. Uh, they both have their. Uh, um, oh God, they're I'm, I'm losing everything as I talk. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, pennant stare. They both have right. that where they could both make each other look that way. Um, I think Johnny has the edge because he doesn't have as much blood on his hands as Al would. Um, so I, I, I would gay it. I would give the win to Johnny just barely though. Just barely. Uh, they both have that awesome chain fight. So that'd be cool as well. But I think if you give it to Danny catch, so if you actually have Danny catch versus Al Simmons, Danny catch wins hands down quickly one, because Danny has more experience as a writer, but two, Johnny blaze gets his powers from the demon Zarathos. Uh, Danny Ketch gets his powers from Noble Kale. And Noble Kale, that demon dates all the way back to like Victorian England, so like knights and stuff like that. So that demon has just been around for so long that it's got like a vast awareness of its power set 
and its abilities. So I'm sorry to say I definitely side with the main two. I know, right? Big surprise. They'd be amazing battles. They'd be amazing team-ups. Um, if I didn't have to go with main mainstream stuff, I would definitely say, like, if I had Spawn in the DC universe and I'm going to team him up with somebody, I think it'd be fun to put him with Boston Brand because you're dealing with two guys that have lost their lives and they're dealing with that loss not so well. I think Ragman would be the better story uh, because, again, both of them have dealt with being in slums and, and alleys and things like that and homeless. So I think that'd be a fun awareness comic that you could definitely do for charity. Uh, if I go back into the Marvel Universe, I know right now everybody's screaming, screaming for Moon Knight. So I think that'd be a fantastic team up, have the Moon Knight and Al Simmons team up. And that'd be great. Why? Because they could talk about their time and service. Mm-hmm. How fun would that be? And then I would say, granted, it wouldn't be that heroic team up, but I would have to say uh, Venom and Spawn would be great just to play on these two tortured men. Uh, they both started off as kind of, agents of heckery but instead kind of came around to doing better things because of their own moral codes so if that challenge makes sense to you there you go but that's just kind of an influence in history of horror how our spawn came to be and then just some of the team-ups and and fight-offs from those two universes so my challenge was uh, i wanted to find two people or a person from each uh marvel or d and dc that would be a cool story so to speak of of them getting the same agreement that al simmons got uh you already done the the counterpart story so i didn't need to come up with the counterpart obviously uh specter and ghost rider are are the counterparts to spawn in those in their respective universes um so I'm gonna. I might end up making you a little upset because my marvel choice is one of your seven i would love to see bucky barnes the Winter Soldier get the the power of Spawn. Uh, I would love to see like the the soldier who who feels like he's forgotten. The one that that time. I mean, as we say, you know, Captain America is is the soldier that's lost from his time. I feel like Bucky's more the the soldier that's forgotten from his time. Um, because, but that's you know more of a writer's choice and his choice because he's he stayed in the spy work. He's right. he stayed to the shadows, whereas. Captain America is in front of the cameras. He's more in the in the background of everything. Um, so so Bucky Barnes dies. You know, in, in instead of becoming the Winter Soldier, he goes he goes to unfortunately hell, <laughs> and uh, the the demon that gives the spawn his powers makes the same option or the same choice gives him the same choice, and he becomes the spawn of the. Marvel Universe, I think that would be an interesting story just to see how that works out. Actually, I really like that. I dig that because that is such a great resurrection ploy. You Mm -hmm. know, you take it back to World War II, um, you know, the explosion happens. Yeah, totally kill him. You know, and unfortunately, young Bucky Barnes finds himself in hell, uh, you know, and <laughs> he's done a couple things. Yeah, he's done a couple things, you know, and it's like, OK, so um, but I think that'd be like that would be cool, because, again, one of the things I liked about Bruderbaker when he wrote Winter Soldier he put that moral conflict on Bucky because Bucky, the character didn't have it. The winter soldier had it. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of neat to see Bucky face those things. So how cool would it be to see that, you know, now in this case where it's like, no, Bucky's like, no, there is no hypnotism or bullshit. It was me. I did these things (laughs) and now I've got to pay the price. So I guess with your, uh, winter spawn. Yep. Would you have him like when he resurrects, does he come back immediately after the plane explosion? Do you have him resurrect at a certain time? No, it would be immediately after. So he's Ooh, gonna So he's gonna be in a world without Cap. Yeah, exactly. And then he'll he will be there. Well, he will be in the world when Cap right. resurrects and like 
it's I, I don't know exactly how Spawn ages. I assume he doesn't since he's an otherworldly character now. Uh, like he's he's had to exist in this world this whole time and now caps back and he's like, whoa, you know, what do I do with that? Like what how does that affect him? I would love to see that. I would love to see that that meeting. Um, we don't have the we, we obviously we get rid of the the story of the of the ghostly Winter Soldier character that just shows up every <laughs> once in a while and takes out a high level target for Russian you know the Russian uh, army or whatever. Right. Uh, but but yeah, this would this would be I think this would be an interesting story. Now, over on the DC side, not so much the exact same storyline, but yet another military man who takes up a mantle wanting to uh you know see justice done well i guess i don't know i think you've told me that he isn't a military man he was just a cop uh jim harper guardian okay yeah yeah no yeah he was just a cop okay i I, I know they might like definitely he would have been somebody of service but he didn't like go out into the battlefields like i think he's luckily in that space between world wars one and two and i feel like we constantly over at DC try to revamp his story. They try and do things to him to make him more relevant. They try and do things to, to update his storyline. And I, I feel bad because like, I, I feel like nothing ever catches with him. So I would love to see, uh, the first version of Jim Harper, the first guardian who ends up dying in, in battle. And I, I'm keeping the whole clone idea around that every time he dies Ooh. they clown him and they bring him back well this first one dies his soul comes back to see his body yeah exactly so you know that he's he's just he's this new guardian spawn of metropolis that's that's going around uh doing the dirty deeds that the the cadmus labs version can't can't do or at least doesn't do and uh, he's he's got a lot of anger. He, he, who who are these scientists that are that think they can just keep using my body and my face over and over again uh, when I don't have it anymore? I like that twist because exactly like, and I think what's really neat too is it's supposed to be the Newsboy Legion. Mm-hmm. So when he was the Guardian, the Golden Guardian of you know that era. He inspired those kids, and so he inspired them so much that when they grew up and they became Cadmus Labs, you know they they made him the they made the clone guardian. Mm-hmm. So that would be even more like interesting because it's like I loved you little guys, and now you're <laughs> these clone creating monsters. So it's like how could he come back and like inflict punishment on them? Because some of them have good kind hearts, and they're like, no, this is great. And then some of them were like malicious little turds. So oh man. I love the drama and, and, in there. And one of the parts of Spawn is like, you know, when he, he comes back to life or is brought back to the earthly realm, he sees that his best friend has, you know, kind of taken over his life, right? Oh, yeah, he married his widow and... And, and it's kind of the father to his his daughter and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what is what happens when Jim Harper sees that, you know, it, the clone of him has taken over his life? Like, well, well fuck, you know, I don't even have that now. Like, they, they don't even know that I'm dead kind of thing they, they don't even get to, they don't i don't have anybody mourning for me because no one knows that i'm dead like i i don't know i think that's i think that'd be an interesting story yeah no i definitely would because like especially too like what'll be neat is like again i know with spawn they played with the time warping mm-hmm. so he dies and then he gets a chance to come back to see his wife and it's five years later mm-hmm. so with bucky i like the fact that he comes back right away and he actually kind of does become the Winter Soldier because you can't go out there as this supernatural thing, especially in those time periods, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, 
back then you even just say, Hey, I'm an atheist and people are going to look at your cross. <laughs> so how do you be like, yeah, I'm an agent of the devil. So like that puts <laughs> Bucky into that. And then Bucky's got to be like, he'd probably be okay with going in and seeing the dark sides and fighting the dark sides, but that's going to take that toll on him. And I think it's even more amazing that, yeah, when the day finally comes, when Steve Rogers returns, he's like, I don't want to see him because I don't want him to see what I've become. So that's going to be some great drama there. And I like the idea of uh, him still losing the arm. So the symbiote itself has to recreate that arm. And it's Ooh. it maybe even there's times when it starts to do things on its own. Like, oh, that'd be really cool. Separate from him. Yeah, I like that. That's the, like, there's there's too much control there. in mm-hmm. that one. Yeah. Uh, then for Jim kind of seeing the same thing. So, you know, you could do another time blip there. So he comes back freshly minted and he sees a guardian. And he's like, what the fuck is that? That's mm-hmm. not me. And then he comes to learn. And it's like, wow, you know, like, yeah, you know, good intentions and paving the road to hell and all that stuff. <laughs> so I really like that. Those are those are two great characters that have they just have struggles. Like, that's, I think, why we love comic books. Is yeah. We love to find characters that have struggles. And so the the curse of Spawn is great. You put that on any character and they've got a lot to carry because as I find myself learning more about Spawn, I do find myself liking Al Simmons. Like, I think he's a great character and a lot of cool stuff there. So I like those picks. I think that'd be great. You know, the the Golden Guardian becomes, you know, the Hell's Guardian, Guardian or yeah. something like that. <laughs> you know, the Winter Soldier, you know, the, the Hell Soldier, you know, something like that. Like, oh, man, those would be some crazy things. Uh, so those of you that listen and can draw, I want to see those. Yeah, Give them to that'd me. be great. Ray Whitaker, <laughs> you're probably going to be listening because we're talking a lot of Spawn stuff. Stuff, give us those mashups. <laughs> uh, okay, so if you did like our, our stories, we'd love to hear from you. If you had your own ideas, we want to hear those too. Please reach out to us on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia, G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geekly Media. Chris is also on Twitter at... I'm on Twitter as Stuff I Should Say, Should being spelled S-H-U-D. The rest of Geekly Media is at Geekly Media on Twitter, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our website, geeklymedia.com. Uh, also, go and check out Chris's uh, writing on uh, his other website or the, the other website he works for. Yeah, yeah. So if you're curious, I do a lot of comic book reviews and other little bits and pieces over at Adventures in Porte. So definitely check it out. There's some great stuff there that I try to contribute and also some amazing stuff out there from the others as well. The rest of, uh, if you want to, nope, that's it. Imagine <laughs> if, so this has been Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network. I swear we ne- weren't drinking this episode. <laughs> so this has been Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. This concludes our broadcast. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode (laughs) and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies